Giuliani. Welcome, America, to the Rudy Giuliani Show on the second day before Christmas, the penultimate day before Christmas Eve in the Advent season. And I'm going to take the liberty of reading to you the um, office reading of the Roman Catholic Church for December 23rd in preparation for the great feast of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just a paragraph from the great prophet Isaiah, the Jewish prophet Isaiah, who is a substantial part of the Christian religion. Something maybe we could think about today and do. Raise your eyes to the heavens and look at the earth below. Though the heavens grow thin like smoke, the earth wears out like a garment and its inhabitants die like flies. My salvation shall remain forever and my justice shall never be dismayed. Isaiah was preparing the people for the coming of Jesus and the change, the slight change that was going to be made in the in the theology and in the ethics, and that the focus, the life of a Christian is the life to come. The, the, the life here on earth is a preparation for that. And I probably am saying it in words I understand, but not necessarily the biblical words, a test of whether you deserve the great blessing that God gave us in the birth of Christ and the sacrifice of Christ on the cross by leading a good life. And Jesus spent his life teaching you how to lead a good life. So if you are a believing Christian, follow him and you will be rewarded. And if you're not, follow him because I believe even though you don't, you'll be rewarded anyway. And by the way, if I'm wrong, as Blaise Pascal once said, not a bad bet. You'll have a good life. Now, we're not exactly <laughs> having a good year, but Christmas gives us hope for a better for a better year. And with this really bad year we're having, record crime all throughout the state of New York, uh, Adams likes to con his way out of it by saying that, oh, murder and shootings are down. Yeah, yeah but uh, uh, Mr. May, I don't, I don't have a car. I don't, I, don't, I don't have a car no more. No, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, well, so they're not murdering, but they they hit my old grandmother in the head and took a purse. Or how about uh, Mr. Adams? I know, but they raped my daughter. Those are all up. Those affect a lot more people. The man is not intelligent enough for the office of mayor because he doesn't understand crime. Uh, there's no doubt that murder is the bellwether. It's the thing that the it's the thing that the public can focus on the best and the press can understand because they are of limited attention span. And it's shocking. And of course it's the worst thing. But it affects very, very few people. A city with a lot of murders and no other crime would be a city where relatively few people were affected by crime. Think of it. When we had uh, our, when, when I took over the Savage City in the worst situation it was ever in under Dinkins, 2,000 murders a year, uh, 
there were uh, there were 12,000, 14,000 just home invasions. There were 15,000 car thefts. There were those are the things people were being affected by. So the long and short of it is people people are brought to the brink of death more often today than they were under de Blasio. So their impression, your your citizens, if you were an intelligent enough politician who knew how to reach out to people, you'd understand the mind of your citizens. You're telling them murder has gone down. They, they, they don't disagree with that. But they just came back on a subway where they saw somebody got bopped on the head with a, with a uh, bat. Or they're watching television and they're watching somebody being thrown on a subway platform. And the press is not exaggerating it because, Mr. Mayor, you said that, but that's another con job that loses you credibility with professionals for sure, like me. Tells me you don't know about crime and you don't deal with crime. You con job your way around it. But it loses it with other people, too, because you say that. And they see the they, they see the, the young lady or the young woman thrown on the, on the track. And you'd like to say, oh, that's exaggerated. But subway crimes are up 40 percent. You see all those numbers you have up. I was a mayor for the first year. All those numbers were down by more than yours are up. That was a mayor getting off to a good start. Hmm? You're a mayor getting off to, oh, well, getting the city worse than it was under de Blasio. You even have a worse budget. For all your make-believe cuts, our budget went up, and there is absolutely no excuse for our budget being higher than the budget of the state of Florida. For all of the New York Post kissing your backside, your budget is a disaster. We have 8 million people in the city. They've got 22 million people in Florida. They spend less money and my God, their services seem to me a lot better. Oh, and by the way, you want a choice of what's better, New York or Florida? Net, New York is losing more people than any place in the country. Net, Florida is gaining more people. And the weather difference between the two of us was the same when I was mayor. And in the last five years I was mayor, we gained a lot more people than Florida. So don't tell me New York can't beat Florida. But you need a... You need a mayor, not a nighttime act that can't make courageous decisions like I described to Sid this morning on how you could change bail to go visit Mr. or Mrs. Is it, is cousins, the male or the female. I keep forgetting. Hasty and cousins. Hasty's the male and cousins the female. Visit both of them and tell me you're going to spend the rest of your mail campaigning against them. Every time there's an unnecessary crime that happened because of their bail laws, because of their reducing, uh, 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 taking um, homicidal 17-year-olds and making them juvenile so they can go back and kill people in two years. Every time it happens, you're going to go to their district. You're going to hold a, you're going to hold a Giuliani-style town hall meeting at a public school. And you're going to have your police uh, department explain the murder, how it took place, why it took place, what the procedures were that got the murderer there, and how if the law were what you would like it to be and what it had been when New York City was civilized, little Jane be alive. You know how long you take for you to turn those little cowards? 
And if you didn't, wouldn't you feel good about yourself? Man, that's what public service is about, Jack. Not uh, It's not about the, the ties and the dancing. And that comes when you're successful. You don't, have, you're not, you don't have a right to that yet. You haven't done anything except invite lots of illegal aliens here by making us a sanctuary city, by agreeing that uh, non-citizens can vote. Is that crazy? You, you, you did that because you're a, uh, you're a liquor. You know, you know what kind of liquor you are. You know that citizens shouldn't vote. You got a chance to turn it around, pal. But right now, you got my city going to hell. And I don't like people who have my city going to hell because they're too weak to do the right thing. It wasn't always right. But I was never too weak to do what I thought was right. You can be sure of that. Now, this bill that the Democrats have put forward in Congress is maybe the best illustration of what is systemically wrong with our government. Not just the party I beat up on all the time, the party of slavery, the Democrat Party, but the uh, what I would consider renegade Republicans, m- many of them the ones who oppose Trump, who don't seem to understand that by spending and spending and spending, you're creating uh, more and more and more money, that you're reducing the value of the money in the hands of our workers. Their pay is less as a result of it. Their savings are less as a result of it. So that you give them the illusion of a raise and the reality of a decline in real pay. And that hurts the middle class and the poor people the most. Because the percentages can be absorbed by billionaires and large level multimillionaires. But a guy making a hundred grand can't absorb twelve percent reduction in the value of a hundred thousand dollars. He's got a hundred thousand, and he just put it away, and that's for his, that's for his, uh, of a, that, that's what he's going to live on someday, and he's hopefully going to grow it. And now all of a sudden, he looks at it, and he realizes it's worth eighty-eight thousand, and the direction it's going in, pretty soon it's going to be worth half. Biden's management of the economy is, and this as incompetent, if not more, as everything else. Well, Afghanistan and the deaths that he caused in Ukraine. And the Americans he got killed in Afghanistan are probably uh, what we would call, I guess, in the Catholic Church, mortal sins. Oh, the border. Oh, my goodness, the border. Fentanyl. All the fentanyl deaths. Every one of those people should sue Biden for contributing to his death. Doesn't have to happen. Doesn't have to. Ha- we don't have to let those people in. And we're benefiting. We're benefiting Biden's patron by doing it. They're making billions. Great deal for the millions they gave Joe. China's making billions on fentanyl. Find that strange? I find it not strange. I find it corrupt. So we'll be back uh, right after this break, and we'll talk a bit about Christmas, and we'll get to your calls and start thinking a little about the end of the year and how we're going to move into next year on a much higher level and save this country. We'll be back. Momentarily.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani back uh, with you with the Rudy Giuliani Show on the last day of the week, December 23rd, leading to Christmas. Our Congress has double-crossed us once again, the corrupt, disgusting, lying, sniveling, sneaky. And I'm not even talking about their criminal I'm just talking about them as human beings. You heard Mike Lee's explanation of how they do this bill. You know, 4,000, 5,000 pages. They don't show it to anybody. They give them 24 hours to vote. Nobody can know what's in it. And half of it is crooked stuff for their pals in their neighborhood. And useless stuff. The walk for Mrs. Obama. Uh, Paying for border security. For Jordan. What about America, pals? Huge amounts of money for the invasion of Ukraine. No money for the invasion of Texas. And yet you don't have time to fight it. Let's go to 15 and let's listen to the guy, I think, who has emerged as the most intelligent um, voice on this subject and balance, Mike Lee of Utah. One of the reasons that this sort of thing can happen and and, and not get much attention in the process and Republicans can still go through the motions and vote for it uh, 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 devastatingly is because it's folded into a 4,155-page bill, one that was negotiated in secret by four or five members of Congress, held secret from the public until Tuesday morning, Larry. There's not a human alive who can digest 4,155 pages of legislative appropriations text in that short a period of time. It's one of the reasons why this should never happen. Republicans, in particular, who do this, uh, should be asked to never, ever do it again. We will self-destruct as a party if this ever happens again. Here's what you should do, Bill. This comes from a former prosecutor, enormously successful prosecutor, put the worst criminals of the 20th century in jail, has a record better than any prosecutor in the country. I faced that situation, people trying to, Push me, Al D'Amato, all kinds of people trying to push me. I used to say, let's go have a press conference, pal. When If I were a cinema and mansion and Schumer took me off the floor after I voted against this and said, hey, I'm going to give you, I don't know, a bridge to nowhere. Your, your best campaign contributor is going to get a big project. Da, 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 da. Or I'm going to bring out something about a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I don't know. They, they, they do crap like this. I just said, hey, Chuck, you see the camera over here? Come on, babes, let's go over to the camera. I'd start walking toward the camera. Said, what are you doing? I want to get transparent. We're gonna, we want to get this out. I have an answer to that. And I would, I would say, uh, uh, come on over here. Senator Schumer is threatening me. If I don't vote for the bill, he's going to reveal the following. Senator, what is it? Uh, Senator Schumer would not be there. There'd be a funny odor right around the spot that he was at. 
before he left. Read my book, Stand Up to Bullies. The book is called Leadership. Every congressman should read it, and maybe you can become a leader like Senator Lee, like Rand Paul, like Jim Jordan. We got them. They don't get bullied. It's like in your own personal life. Somebody comes in and extorts you. You say, yeah, you want to do it? Come on. Come on. Go do it. I'm just going to call the police. Well, I'll break your leg. I'm going to call the police before he gets a chance to do a damn thing. Don't get bullied. Damn, you're a United States senator. I'm talking about a store owner not getting bullied. Cinema, mansion, you get bullied? And how about you Republicans? What'd you get, a stupid little thing for your, for your mother or for, your, for some crooked guy who supports you? You don't think Republicans don't do petty little crook, crooked stuff? Well, how about big ethical stuff like the McConnell family supported by Red China? Anybody ever look in the, into that? Why You think the reason that they have covered up Hunter Biden is because they're afraid if they open the curtain... It's going to go immediately to Joe Biden because it has nothing to do with Hunter. Hunter's just a cog in the wheel to the big guy, the Don, the head of the family, the guy that got half the wealth, millions over the years. The Biden crime family became very rich. We write books about people that become very rich. We say, what is it that they invented that made them rich? They didn't invent anything. They sold his public office, the one that belongs to you, to me, and is sacred. And they sold it for millions for 35 years. These are perennial, long-term career criminals. And unfortunately, the family occupies the White House. We'll be back. We're going to have plenty more on that. And then we're going to get your calls as we approach Christmas. Rudy Giuliani, be back in a moment. America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani, uh, you're listening to uh, my show. And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my final thoughts that will relate to Christmas at the end of the show. I'm Rudy Giuliani with Common Sense. We'll uncover the truth and get to a solution. You're listening to the Rudy Giuliani show. So, uh, you know... The border. The border has to be fixed. It is beyond explanation why the Biden administration lies about the border and says it is secure and does nothing about it. The president, I, I, he must do this just to be obstinate, will not go to the border, even though Democrats are begging him to go. It is not in any way an exaggerated invasion of this country. In fact, if anything, it's understated because the mainstream lying, cheating, corrupt media underplays it. So there was a poll the other day, 6% of Americans uh, realized the scope 
and the numbers, you know, reaching the, the, the millions of people that are coming in. Most think it's in, it's like 50,000 or 100,000. It's 4 million under Biden. Uh, this year, Biden's entries were four times Trump's. Four times. And considerably more dangerous. And a substantial amount per capita more fentanyl. More people dead. Nobody vetted because he did away with the Mexico policy. It isn't just four times more. It's ten times more dangerous. And uh, cities are complaining about it all over. And they want to euphemize this. We We shouldn't call them illegal immigrants. They're coming out of manhole covers in El Paso and raping women. Not all of them, but enough of them so they're a danger. They're wiping out a great American city, El Paso, and you, Adams, who have made our city irrationally, stupidly, a sanctuary city, are encouraging them to come here by telling them they get health care. Oh, and by the way, they got a possibility of voting here. What, do you want to completely bankrupt us? They were already getting treated better than our homeless. They were already getting treated better than our poor people. We don't even know why they're here. Sure, you want to say they're here because they're poor. and they're, Of course they are. I'll agree with that. I'm intelligent enough to agree with that. You're not intelligent enough to realize that there are enormously evil forces that have control of this that take advantage of invasions like that. They always have. See, I was a real prosecutor. I was a real law enforcement officer. I really put dangerous people in jail, and they really threatened to kill me, Adams. You didn't do a damn thing. You've been bull from the very beginning. You've got a city that is, people are abandoning it. They're running away from it. Forget the murder rate. Forget all the rates. You need just one thing to know. People are abandoning your city, and it's worse than the guy you took it over for. So slap yourself across the face, wake up, and become a man. Stand up to cousins. Stand up to Hochul. Go tell them if they don't change the laws on bail and on making teenage, vicious, multiple murderers criminals, if they don't stop putting murderers and rapists and auto thieves back on the street, if you continue to see people with 80, 90 arrests harming your people, they will not know what happened to them. You will be in their district every day. You will tie them directly to the damage being done in the city. You, maybe the fourth or fifth most important position in the country, will do it. Believe me, Adams, we know you're a phony, but not everybody else does. And maybe you're not a phony. Maybe I'm being a little unfair to you because I'm trying to push you because I actually still think you got it. Every once in a while you say things to give me hope. Stop saying them. But then you don't follow through. I know what you have to do. I did what you are not doing it, and I did it better than anyone ever. Hard for a guy to say that who is humble like me. (laughs) You find me a mayor that reduced crime more than me, and I'll give him a medal. Okay? 
You find a mayor who reduced welfare more than me and put people to work, I'll give you a medal. You have got to go to war for your city. you got to forget your whatever it is you're thinking about, about progress in the Democrat Party. Blah, blah, blah. You're going to have no progress if this city remains this way. You'll be a de Blasio joke. Look, I'm a lot of things, and a lot of people hate me, and they do the Trump thing on me, and I, I believe they're enormously unfair to me. I also think if I were a Democratic mayor and accomplished the things I accomplished, they'd rename all the bridges after me. But I'm a Republican, and they're not going to give me credit for a damn thing. They don't have to. Adams, I'm a man. I know I deserve that credit. And I know exactly how I did it, and I went and taught it to 20 other countries and made a fortune. And enjoyed doing it. I'm so sad for my city and my country. I can cry. And I'm not. Because they make fun of old men who cry. So let's go to, let's go to Sandra in New Jersey. (laughs) Hi. Do you hear me? I hear you. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Oh, 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 good. I wanted to say, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm the young lady who said that you're like a rubber band. You can stretch and stretch and stretch, but you always spring right back, which is the truth. And I wanted to comment today about this corrupt administration. If they even put one half the effort in keeping the public away from fentanyl, as they do in their efforts to keep Trump away from the public, tens of hundreds of thousands of people would not, would not die. In other words, tens of thousands. Hundred percent right. Would not die. I never thought of it that way, uh, Sandra. But you are one hundred percent right. If you ever thought of all the money and all the time they've put into their four or five, you know, this January sixth thing is no different than Russian collusion in terms of being a false plot to destroy uh, uh, Donald Trump. They, they have told as many lies about me on January 6th as they did on Russian collusion, on being a Russian agent. You know, I, I've got a list of all the lies they told about me. All, all, of, all of about two now have been disproven 100%. And then I have liars, them, people telling the truth, Trump and me. And, and, then, and they still rely on them. This is after four or five proven lies. So, yeah, I mean, we've defended ourselves, we've vindicated ourselves uh, without any doubt in front of the minds of anyone who has any degree of fairness. So let's go to my friend Larry in Brooklyn. Hi, Rudy. Uh, Hi, Larry. I, did, I, I, I like your, your words about Isaiah very much. And, Thank you. Uh, at, this, at this solemn time of year, I'd like to make a few points. First of all, um, I put you at this point in the league of Isaiah because – you're talking not from the bully pulpit, but from the bullied pit because of what's been done to you. And I'll just say, I'll just say this for all who's listening and who may have, may have been participating. You would deny not only, due, not only procedural due process, but substantive due process. This case should never have been brought against you because you were simply practicing the facets of, of the legal profession, like, like all lawyers do. They represent the facts as they as they must do, and, the, and procedurally, you were you were given a tainted 
a tainted uh, uh, judiciary. So you didn't have procedural due process either. I'll just say that who wants to know. Thank you. Now, and as, as far as uh, as far as uh, Eric Adams go, just like Isaiah didn't sugarcoat his words, I, I don't think we need to sugarcoat our words and say that he lacks intelligence. This is not a, a function of lacking intelligence. Ever since we dispensed with stop and frisk, we, we as a society made a determination, and it's not just the black folks because it was a federal judge, Sarah Seidland. We made a determination that we are going to prioritize the rights of the criminals over the over the good people of society. Now, if Eric Adams would 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 uh, put all his efforts into stamping out crime rather than just managing crime, basically what he would be doing is he would be we would have a situation where there would, where Rikers Island would be filled up with African Americans, and then that would feed right into the uh, to the hands of the critical race theorists and say the reason we why we have that is because of critical race theory. So because of to support the critical race theory, he has to prioritize, keep prioritizing the rights of the criminals, as was as started with the, when we got rid of stop and frisk. So we have uh, to bring back things like we, we really are serious. We have to bring back the same. L- L- Larry, let me let me use let me use what you said as an example that might explain this to people. Suppose for the next two years we made all the right arrests and we filled up uh, we filled up Rikers Island. And homicide went down 40%. And the other crimes went down 50%. Look, I got them down 65 so we're not talking about unrealistic numbers, right? You would know from that uh, metric, right, that we did the right thing. And then you'd look at Rikers Island, and it would, wouldn't be racist. It would be the right people that are protecting the people who are the biggest victims, who are blacks. So you, most of the black community, not the exploited and uh, proselytized black community by the crooks who make money from them, they understand this. When I first put a lot of cops in, in Harlem, uh, uh, Jesse Jackson and Sharpton and uh, Wrangell and, oh, my God, I was a racist. When I went to my first town hall meeting with a bunch of African-American citizens, m- mostly women, they were angry at me. They wanted more cops. They said, don't listen to them. They're a bunch of crooks. Quote, don't listen to them. They're, they're, all they care about is how much money they make. They never helped us. We, if they helped us, we wouldn't be in this condition, right, Mayor? How come you only gave us, you know, 40 cops? We need about 60. And I went back and I got them more. So I brought crime down in the black areas 80%. I also saved more black lives than any mayor. Ever. Anywhere. Anytime any of you people who doubt that and want to debate it with me, call me. We could even set up a, a, a debate, and I'll prove it to you. Let's go to Steve in central New Jersey. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah and happy everything. <laughs> God bless you. Ago, a few months ago when Terry Brett, you announced Terry Brett had cancer, you remembered what Today is all about the Immaculate Reception. You called it the Hail Mary Pass. I did a little recount of the event. You seem to like it. I'll do it again with a little more drama, if you'd like, because we're almost exactly 50 years to the minute when it happened. Go ahead. Would you like me to do it? Yeah, and, you know, he died uh, two days ago. People should know that, right? I know. Franco of course. Uh, uh, yes, of <laughs> course. I'll add to it. 
right. I'm home. I was 10 years old. Home that day with my dad. It was his 33rd birthday. I was more interested in the 4 o'clock game, Mr. Mayor, because I was a Cowboy fan then because New York football was terrible. That aside, I decided to watch the 1 o'clock game, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Oakland Raiders. Franco Harris played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I didn't know much about either team at the time. The Steelers were young and up-and-coming team that had never made postseason. The Raiders were struggling to get back to the playoffs after getting blown out by Vince Lombardi's Packers in Super Bowl II. Anyway, make a long story short, uh, it, it was a defensive struggle. Now, remember the quarterback at the time, Daryl LaMonica for the Raiders, known as the Mad Bomber. They had an explosive a, offense. A great, a great quarterback. Steelers defense, Steelers defense held them in check. All right, most of the day, to the point where John Madden in the fourth quarter with the Steelers leading six to nothing replaced LaMonica with Ken Stabler. A little less than 10 minutes remaining, Stabler, he had, he had drove, driven the Raiders downfield. He went back to pass. The Steelers defense shifted right. Uh, Stabler saw an opening on the left. He scrambled in the end zone. Tied score six up, extra point. With a little more than a minute, the Raiders were up seven to six, and it looked like game over. Wow, not so fast. Back came the Steelers. They got the they they got the kickoff. They got his first down, but they were faced with fourth and ten from their own forty-four. And here we go. Steelers how much time? How much? Back. How much time? How much time? Twenty-three seconds, Mister. All right, good. He, he, goes, he goes back into the pocket. Bradshaw. He's chased out of the pocket around. Franco Harris was blocking at that point. The minute he released the ball to the intended receiver, John Fuqua. Franco immediately rushed downfield, all right? Uh, the, the ball hit, it looks like it hit Fuqua, the intended receiver, and Jack Tatum, the Raider receiver, if you watch it on replay. That's important. I'll we come watched back. it last Harris night. Run- you can't. You, we almost have time. Get us get us to the What's end that? now. Get us to the end. Franco caught Franco shoestring catch. He catches it out of nowhere from the bottom of the TV screen. He races into the end zone. The Steelers win with five, with only five seconds remaining on the clock. John Madden argued the call for five set for 15 minutes after because in those days, if only Fuqua, the, the Steeler receiver, touched the ball, it would have been a dead ball at that point. The ruling was, I think, correct. Uh, and it, 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 it was a great moment. I could elaborate, but go ahead. Okay. I, I know you're gonna Ted and I examined it last night in slow motion 40 times. It was a correct call. And John Madden did not argue it for a half hour. He argued it for 49 years. <laughs> Great. Great. We'll be back with the mayor's final thoughts and with the mayor's son, Andrew, so we can talk about Christmas. Rudy Giuliani. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Mayor's Final Thoughts. Yes, this is Rudy Giuliani, back with the mayor's final thoughts for Tunnel to Towers. This is the time of the year. Right now, $11 a month, T2T.org. You help them build homes for the catastrophically wounded service members, police officers, and for the families that lose their loved ones in the line of duty. T2T.org. $11 a month. If you don't have that paid by Monday when I see you again after Christmas or on Sunday for my special show when I'm going to show up as Santa Claus and we're going to live stream it and we're going to have great fun. You never saw a better Santa Claus than me. I should have gotten an Academy Award for the times I played Santa Claus. Now I want to put my son on because I want him to describe something that is beautiful, and that is his daughter's really effectively first Christmas. This is Andrew Giuliani, who was on with Sid this morning, and Sid told me something a father loves to hear. Your son did a great job. 
Well, Sid told me I was one of the top two Giuliani's to come on the morning show this morning. So yeah. I'll take top two. That's not too yeah, bad. But I, I, only because Sid, Grace didn't come on because then I would have been third. But you know something? A Sid is a crafty guy. <laughs> I'll tell you what. They have truly the best morning show in New York. It's must-listen to television. It must-listen to radio. Um, but, uh, you know, talking about grace and, and obviously the, the meaning of Christmas. Yeah, what does it mean for you and Z? Uh, by the way, his uh, his uh, wife is my daughter, not my daughter-in-law. I don't mean he married his sister. I mean, I made I made her my daughter-in-law. I made her well, my daughter. <laughs> you, you know, you just experience everything uh, again through her eyes and new through her eyes to see uh, to see the joy when, when the Christmas tree lights light up. And, and you know, she's still understanding of it's here yesterday at the WABC yep. holiday party. And, she was, and the, she was all, all the stockings and, and all the people. It, it, it really uh, gives you a renewed faith in people and humanity, especially over the last few years when maybe uh, you question people and their humanity. Uh, when you see that uh, youthful look in their eyes, especially around the holidays, you realize what hope means. You realize what love truly means. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm blessed to be able to celebrate this with, with our family, uh, plus, plus an additional little one. Well, Andrew, I, I have to tell you and Z, uh, not, not, it's not a Christmas. It's the best present I ever received. There, there is nothing. You're having absolutely. that beautiful, lovely baby. It's like the biggest joy in my life. And it, it, and it's also, you know what else is a very big joy and a source of tremendous confidence for me? What good parents both of you are. I see uh, okay. I see how you hold the child. I see how you take care of the child. You don't let the child go, turn around a, 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 a corner without right on top of them. Every once in a while when I missed you, I had to take you to the hospital. <laughs> well, that's probably more an indictment on me than your parents. No, 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 no. I loved you. I knew... And- Andrew, I knew you were going to be – I'm going to say this, and people can get really pissed at me. I knew you were going to be a great man. Oh, well. I know, I know. Come on, come on. Be humble. Don't, don't even acknowledge this. The, 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 minute, the minute you had that extra energy, that extra energy, that's the energy of greatness. But that's dad talking, okay? Well, I appreciate it. There's no, there's no better Christmas gift than to hear your compliments from a father, <laughs> right? No matter what, wherever we are we're gonna, in life, we're always looking for approval from our parents or from our kids. So uh, yeah, yeah. And go look. Give me a kid, I'll be able to get both sides of the equation here today. And you're doing a great job on ABC, my son. It has Very been proud of you. And you did a great job as a candidate, a constructive job. You took, you took uh, defeat and you turned it into very, very positive help for Zeldin, very positive help for, for, for the values we believe in and... Uh, Whatever you want to do, you got a great future. You know something? All of you now, you get ready for Sunday, because Sunday I'm appearing as Santa Claus. Go get my podcast, RudyGiulianiCS.com, and enjoy Christmas. Go find a little one to look at if you don't have one. Just look, just look at them, and you'll see the glory of life. God bless America. The mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 